Welcome to Made in Africa. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Made in Africa podcast. It's been a very busy few weeks since the end of the World Cup, with the Premier League now back in full swing after the break. We'll be discussing whether it's going to be Arsenal's season to win the title and the African players who have hit the ground running post-Qatar before being joined by our very special guest, transfer expert Fabrizio Romano. He will be taking us through some of the big names who could be on the move to the Premier League and beyond later on in the show. Sadly, my esteemed co-host Roman Osman couldn't be with us for this episode, but we're sending him best wishes back in Ghana. Uh, stepping into his shoes is the excellent Nick Ames, who has been pretty busy over the last few weeks following his return from the World Cup. Welcome, Nick. How are you? Good to have you here. Well, I'm okay, Ed. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, so you, as I said, you've been very, very busy with uh, with, with Arsenal following on uh, their great form before the World Cup. Um, yeah. Now establishing an eight-point lead at the top of the Premier League after that amazing victory for them uh, against Spurs at, at their place. Um, so is there the growing sense now that it's going to be their year, do you think? Feels like it, doesn't it? I think they're in such a, a smooth groove of the way they're playing. Um, everything fits together nicely. They're really purring. They've almost got their own momentum um, that they're carrying on and, and it's just building them from result to result. So I think if, we, if I'm perfectly honest, I think the only thing that can really stop them now is key injuries. And I, I, I know they've still got to play Man City a couple of times, got a potentially very big game with United, of course, on um, on Sunday, which could be even bigger for United if they beat Crystal Palace and, and feel they've got a sniff of, uh, of top spot themselves. But I think Arsenal are in such a good moment now. They look, they look so much better than any other team in, in the league as well, so better oiled. That um, I I think if they keep everyone fit, which is obviously never a given, uh, they've got a wonderful chance now. Definitely, yeah. It does. It does feel like it's building there, but it just it's the thing that's just nagging at the back of my mind is just such a long way to go. Obviously, not even halfway for Arsenal yet, is it? So uh, there's there's a lot of games to be played, and as you said, City, it's City. I, I've been surprised that you know and they're faltering, but you, you you'd have thought that they'd have had that they're going to put a run together at some point and put some pressure on Arsenal. You'd have thought so. City look a lot less cohesive than we expect from them in the past. You you do wonder whether this is kind of a going to end up going down as a bit more of a sort of a transitional year as they and Haaland get used to each other. For, for example, despite the number of goals he's he's scored, and obviously they may be lacked since Raheem Sterling left a, a bit of pace in behind. We can maybe say that bit of trickery and directness, but. As you say, a long way to go. We're only just about halfway through, so we can't talk about definites. But I just feel that Arsenal have that momentum and that certain way of playing and that confidence that takes you so, so far. And I, I would be surprised at this point if they let it go. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's going to be very interesting to see if they can hold on. And I was really impressed, especially with, uh, with Thomas Party against Spurs. Um, he really just sort of holds it together and in, in, on his own in that in that role and allows, you know, Odegaard and and Xhaka to do their thing and get up the pitch, while Partey's sort of holding holding the midfield on his own at times. And uh, do you think he's sort of he's, he, that was probably one of his best performances, wasn't it, for Arsenal? Yeah, around the midfield really against a, a, a Spurs midfield that was completely off it. Um, and and has been off it recently, and obviously wasn't had a bit of inexperience in there as well. 
um, in, in the form of Sarah, who I think we'll come to. Um, no, ex excellent all-round performances, definitely. I think that whole midfield unit for Arsenal is functioning very well. Everyone knows, um, knows their role. Everyone has this kind of intuitive sixth sense of where each other is meant to be. That goes for Partey, that goes for Xhaka, that goes for, um, for Odegaard. And it's just completely purring. And I think those three are very, very effective. Very effective in the way they complement each other, really. Partey, as, as you say, dropping in a bit deeper. Xhaka shuttling a bit more. And then Odegaard just is the best playmaker maybe in the world at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I have to say I'm really enjoying watching him this season. He's fantastic. He's he's really. I think if there was going to be one player who got injured in the Arsenal team that could, you know, send them off course, I think he'd be the one, or maybe Saka as well. But um, you know, Odegaard is so integral to what they do, isn't he? Yeah, he is, and I, um, and I think if you're looking at players who Arsenal probably couldn't do with missing for a long time, it'd be. You're probably looking at Party. You're probably looking yeah, at Odegaard. Party, Def yeah. Definitely, but you're um, you, you're looking at Saka, and that's why it'd be very interesting to see what they do in the next couple of weeks of, of the transfer market. Do you do you bring people in? Do you spend big money? How how much do you spend on the right player? Do you just try and keep a tightly knit unit and hope nothing bad happens, you know, and and, and not upset the apple cart by bringing new faces in who, who who may not be exactly what you want? You don't want to panic in a situation like this, definitely, when things are going for you. So I think it's going to be a very interesting two weeks ahead, actually, in terms of whether Arsenal stick or twist in that regard. Yeah, I mean, obviously, everybody knows about the Mudrick saga and he ended up going to Chelsea in the end after all that with a with Arsenal, but um, yeah, I'm sure maybe we'll touch on that with Fabrizio a bit later because he's been in, in the middle of all of that as well. But yeah, you mentioned Pape Matassar, who uh, I've been waiting for ages to see him start a game for Spurs. He's been getting a bit more. He, he hadn't played at all, I don't think, for the World Cup, but he's been getting he'd been getting some minutes and finally got his big big debut in the massive game against the league leaders and you know in the the <laughs> the big North London derby. And it was always going to be tough for him. I don't think he did that badly, to be honest. He got substituted, but, um, you know, it, it was a difficult place to make a debut. He he did not do badly. I, I think that was very much, you know, in into the fire, wasn't it, for him? Um, he, he he distributed the ball well enough when he could. He covered some ground. He competed. I I don't think much more could, be, could have been asked of him in the circumstances. Um and I think it's just a case to watch this space with him now. He's very highly rated, did re really well at Mets, got quite a few caps now for Senegal, of course, but has that great pedigree of coming through generation foot where, where Sadio Mane and so many others came from. And I, I think I, I think he'll be fine. I hope to see him get a lot more minutes. I think Spurs need a bit of a, bit of a freshness that a player of, of his age and legs can bring there. They're a bit stale at the moment, but I think it also wasn't the game to sort of see him dominate because Spurs weren't really playing like that. They were very, very reactive. Um, they weren't very progressive or, or proactive on the ball, and I think he'd have preferred a game like that. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I suppose in, in his uh, in his rise potentially in the next few months is to the detriment potentially of Basuma, who uh, you know obviously arrived to great fanfare in the summer, has yet to really show what he's all about there. And perhaps the system doesn't really work for him. Under Conte. Yeah. 
Yes, but it's been disappointing. I I think maybe even the style as well. They they're so built a lot of the time to um, to counter attack, aren't they, Spurs? Or that's in in many games, not every, but many what what they try to do. And I kind of think I don't know about you, but I think Basuma is more of a taking the initiative player. He's a winning the ball, getting on the ball, trying to make things happen player. Real dynamo mm. up and down. And I just think. When, whenever I've seen him play play for Spurs over ninety minutes or, or however many, which, which is isn't that often, it's, it just seems like games are passing him by a bit. Yeah, I think the system's not really set up for him at all because he, he he is his best position is you know making those little mid midfield breaks into a bit of space and the way that it's so regimented, isn't it? Under Conte, it's difficult to have those one-on-one situations because the, the ball's always got to be moved on from the centre of midfield to the wings and vice versa, you know. I think yeah. It, yeah, it, I think that that is partly the problem, but it's a shame because I've always thought he's, you know, an excellent player and, and you know, there was a lot, of, a lot of teams interested in Tottenham's at the plunge, but it's sort of, it's the sort of player you need to have firing in your team to, to be successful, I think. Um, yeah, uh, yeah so, so while Spurs are going backwards, I mean, but at least for their fans, it's not as bad as for Chelsea fans. Um, but then saying that, they did beat Crystal Palace, uh, as expected. Um, and Ziyech started, which uh, was a surprise for some because, you know, he's, it's only his third Premier League start of the season. Obviously, he was excellent at the World Cup. But I don't know how long he's got left there. What do you think? Has he got a future right. after Madrid's arrival? I would find it very unlikely. I mean, if you look at the forward options Chelsea have got now, and you, I think a, a few people were publishing their um, their different options for different positions on on Twitter earlier today, and they've they've got about ten people for three three spots basically. And you've obviously, obviously got Jao Felix. He's obviously going to come back from um, from suspension. Going to see how things go with. Um, and Pulisic, Raheem Sterling, you've obviously now got Nkunku coming in in the summer as well. You've got Mudrik, who is now very much there and I think will be there to start games. I don't think they're going to phase in a 100 million signing. Um, and and Ziyech has never quite earned the trust of, of anyone at Chelsea, has he? I, I think he played maybe as more, more, more as a reflection of the fact they didn't have too many bodies available the other day. Um, did, did okay from what I saw. And didn't see the whole game, but I would be very surprised if he's happy with his overall situation there. And I would be very surprised if he's not at a different club next year. Yeah, I think that that does look like that's going to happen. Uh, and, and another player at Chelsea, I was just thinking about uh, Koulibaly. I mean, doesn't look great for him in the future either. Uh, he, you know, obviously has only just signed, but so many central defenders coming in, uh, and he was dropped against Palace. Um, yeah, he was. Um, he yeah. he was dropped. Came on off the bench. Um, Badia Shile, who who they've signed in um, in this window, who is younger and a very good athlete, played alongside mm. Thiago Silva. I I believe, or from what I saw, did well. And I don't think Kulabeli is going to want to be hanging around being a third choice centre back at this stage of his career. But again, a lot of money spent on him, a lot invested in him. So it it will be a probably a quite difficult parting of the ways to engineer if they do engineer it. Okay, now it's time to welcome our very special guest. And it's fair to say that this journalist has made it quite an impact on the world of transfers over the past few years. Known for his here we go catchphrase 
Uh, and now with more than 13 million followers on Twitter, it's a pleasure to welcome Fabrizio Romano to Made hello. in Africa. Hello, Fabrizio. How are you? Hello, hello, hello. Big pleasure to be here. I'm fine. Thank you for the kind words. And really, congrats for the podcast. Big fan of what you're doing. Thank you very much. And yeah, it's been it's great to have you here in such a busy month. It's been very busy, you know, already this month. Uh, but there seems to be especially a lot of African players who are making headlines and on the move. Uh, and so just wanted to go through a few of them with you and just uh, keep, yes. us, keep us up to date with what's what's happening. Um, so starting with, with some of Morocco's stars from the World Cup, that's the obvious place to begin, really. And Sofian Amrabat, one of the, my favourite players from Qatar. Uh, he's obviously at Fiorentina at the moment. Uh, there's a few clubs being linked with him. Liverpool, PSG, Atletico. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, so at the moment, I don't expect PSG and Liverpool. At the moment, they're not moving to sign Sofian Amrabat. Atletico Madrid are really interested. Atletico Madrid are, are pushing. Also, Tottenham remain big fan of, uh, of Amrabat. But at the moment, the focus is on Atletico Madrid. It's not an easy deal at all because Fiorentina president, uh, Rocco Commisso, wants to keep the player. They want at least 40 million euros for Amrabat. He's always been one of his favorite players. So the president wants to keep Amrabat in Florence. So not an easy deal, but Atletico Madrid are leading the race. So let's see if they will try with an official bid. It will also depend on some outgoings. They're trying to offload as many players as possible in this January transfer window after Joe Felix, Matteo Scugna and, uh, and others. So I think next week the situation will be more clear, but for sure he's a player in the list at Atletico Madrid. Excellent. Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting one to see because I, I think Liverpool fans are quite keen on him. Uh, and then the next one we're going to ask you about was Azadine Unahi, who uh, Leeds have been very heavily linked with. Apparently they've, they've increased their bid to 22 million. For, with Angers, France. Yes, Leeds are pushing. Leeds are still in the race, so they made this proposal. They are discussing directly with uh, Anger and with the agents of, of the player to, to try to make this deal. Uh, they don't want to spend crazy money because they already invested really important money on uh, Georgiani Rutter from, from Moffenheim, so they want to be careful with uh, the spending in this January transfer window. But they want Unahi, so the discussion is ongoing. Also, Napoli wants the player, but Napoli can't sign Unahi now. They could only sign the player for next uh, season. So the idea is to sign Unahi now and to let him stay on loan to Anger until the end of the season. Uh, Napoli made a bid of 15 million euros. Of course, it's not enough to convince Anger, but the conversations are still ongoing. So let's see. It's Leeds, Napoli. And let's see if some other club will try to join the race. Marseille have always been interested, but then they invested on Ruslan Malinowski. So I'm not sure they're prepared to make an important bid for Unahi. But for sure, there is a lot of interest. What I can say is that he's not going to PSG. We heard some rumors of Unahi to PSG, almost done deal. I'm told that PSG are not going to sign him and they have different kind of plans. Okay, that's very interesting. Thank you. And I was going to ask you about Bono as well, the goalkeeper. Uh, maybe not a move, a move now from, from Sevilla, but Tottenham and Bayern Munich perhaps? in the summer? Yes, there are more clubs monitoring him. It's true because Tottenham will probably look for a new goalkeeper. They have a list with five, six names. So it's not now the time to decide, but it's now uh, they are now exploding the possibilities for, for the summer. And Bono, of course, after a fantastic World Cup, could be one of them. Bayern are now focusing on summer. So they've still not made any decision on summer moves for goalkeeper. But after his World Cup, I think it's pretty normal to have this kind of, of rumors. What I can guarantee is that he's not leaving now because for uh, Jorge Sampaoli, the manager of, of Sevilla, he's a crucial player. He wants Bono to be one of the important players for the second part of the season. And so now he's 100% staying. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, it's, it's great to see all these Moroccan players in the in the spotlight and deservedly so, as you say. And and one who people knew about before the World Cup, obviously, he was, he was very high profile at Chelsea. Uh, we talked a little bit about him earlier in the show. And, and Nick was saying, and I, I probably agree with him, but it doesn't look great for him at Chelsea. Do you think he might be moving on even in the next couple of weeks? 
I agree with you, honestly. I think he, he needs to play. Uh, we saw also the World Cup, how special is Hakim Ziyech when he feels the full confidence around him, when he's a starter, a regular starter. So this is why they're looking for solutions. I think after signing Modric for Chelsea, it's now a priority to find a solution for Ziyech. Also because I'm told that Christian Pulisic was on the market, but then after the injury, of course, it's almost impossible now to, to sell him or offload him to any, to any club. And so Ziyech would be on the market. We know in the summer, Similan and Ajax were interested, but Chelsea were very clear. Only permanent deal. They didn't want to accept any loan move, loan with buy option, only a permanent move for Rahim Ziyech. So let's see if something will move in the next few weeks. For example, Newcastle have always been in touch with people close to the player to make sure uh, the situation can be monitored in case it could change with Chelsea. So let's see if they will try. At the moment, it's still something quiet. But I think Ziyech could be one of the names to watch in the final days of the transfer window, yes. Mm, yeah, very interesting. And yeah, just moving away from Morocco then... Um... Mohamed Kudos was one of my favourite players at the, at the World Cup. He was absolutely fantastic from Ghana. Again, probably not going to move this month, we don't think, but obviously the link with Ten Hag and Man United having had him at Ajax is quite strong and potentially in the summer. Yes, strong link, but I'm told that at the moment he's still nothing advanced between Man United and, and Kudos. I think there is a feeling internally at the club, then let's see how it will evolve in the next months, but there is a feeling internally at the club that after giving Ajax big money for uh, Lisandro Martinez and then Anthony and then hmm. taking the manager, of course, in Eric and Hag, uh, Ajax and Man United at the moment want to go on different kind of plans, so not signing all their big stars from Ajax. And this is why uh, I think for Kudos there are also other options. For example, Borussia Dortmund in Germany are monitoring the player. Everton wanted him last summer, but of course now they are in a difficult position. So I think the player is going for different kind of, of clubs, of projects. And so let's see, but for May United is not something advanced at the moment. Of course, Tenag loves the player, but it's not something that advanced as we see in the rumours, I'm told. Mm, yeah, and uh, and another one who is always in the in the rumour bill and you know playing in the championship at the moment uh, from Senegal. Uh, Watford, uh, there was a report today, I think it was actually, uh, that he uh, Ismail Assar will not be sold this month. But uh, is there any any clubs interested in him? Actually, he didn't have a great World Cup. He was okay, but yes, yeah. good player. No, I agree with you. Very Not good a great World Cup, but very good player, very interesting player. And yeah. this is why, yes, there are clubs interested. Aston Villa, uh, Unai Emery appreciate the player. They had some conversations with with Watford, but as you mentioned, Watford want to keep the player. They hope he can have a great part, second part of the season, and then maybe sell him in the summer. So uh, at the moment, it's not an easy one, but uh, Unai Emery appreciates the player. So this could be one of the. Of the possibilities. I think the market of the wingers will be really interesting in the next days because we mentioned uh, Ziyech, but of course the situation of Ismail Lazar. There are many players in that position, like Danjuma, also at Villarreal, who could be available on the market. Rosar, the situation with Brighton. Uh, many clubs in the market for wingers and so a potential domino in the final days of the window. So I would keep an eye on Ismail Lazar until the end. At the moment, I mentioned Aston Villa because they really appreciate the player, but the situation is open. So Watford insists they don't want to sell him, but I will keep an eye on him until the end. Yeah, I think so. And uh, Crystal Palace have had a very long interest in Ismail Assal. And I think if yes. they were to make a move for him, potentially, would dep depending on what's going to happen with Wilfred Zahar, who is obviously out of contract in the summer. And uh, that's a, it's a bit of a yes. personal question I've got here as well. <laughs> personal interest <laughs> anyway, as you know, Fabrizio. Uh, have you any 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 inkling? I, I'm not really hearing much. It's all very quiet, but yes. no one really knows what's happening. 
Yes, it's very quiet because, um, of course, on player side, they're exploring options. I'm told in England, but not just in England. For example, also clubs in Italy and in other countries are approaching Wilfred Zaha. Last summer was Roma with Jose Mourinho to approach the player. Now are different clubs trying to prepare a deal for the summer on a free. But it's also true that Crystal Palace, in particular Patrick Vieira, are pushing on player side to offer a new deal and to get a new deal done as soon as possible. So the player is still not decided. Uh, it's something typical, I think, on the market now. If we see many situations of players out of contract who have not decided in January to take their time. This is something that is changing in the market. And so let's see how it will go. But for sure, Palace will insist again. As you mentioned, now it's quiet, but I don't see a January move. I think it will be decided in the next months. Yeah, this is really, oh, it's going to be very interesting and uh, nerve wracking for a lot of Palace fans. And thank you so much for it. Yeah, just well, the last one, I think this is a done deal by the sounds of it. You said yesterday, yes. Dango, Dango Watara to Bournemouth from Lorient, uh, the Burkina Faso winger. Yes, yes, it's almost million. done. It's, yes, it's around, it's around 20 million, exactly. Uh, they're discussing all the final details of the payment terms, then everything will be signed, but it's just about uh, details. So it's a done deal. I can tell you that um, also Bayer Leverkusen were tracking the player. They were really interested in the player, but uh, Barnett no. have been really fast. And so congrats yeah. to them, because I think they sign a very interesting player for present and future. Yeah, it shows, you know, they've got some money behind them now, Bournemouth. It's very interesting times yes. for them. Thank you yeah. so much, Fabrizio. I know you have to go. You're a very busy man, but Thank we appreciate you, your time. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Take My care. pleasure, really. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. 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 So, Nick, just to get your reaction to a couple of things there. Sorry I had to be, be quick. I couldn't get you in on, on it. But, yeah, some interesting interesting insights there. Do you think, uh, where do you think Amrabat will end up, having seen a lot of him at, at the World Cup? Yeah, well, I, I think Atletico would definitely be a good level for him and a good club for him. I think he's he's a player who looks ready to make that to make that step, doesn't he? To, to be a really, really top midfielder, so energetic, covers so much ground, distributes the ball like over such a range as well, beautifully. So I think that would be a really, really nice move for him. Very interested as well to see where where Unahi ends yeah. up. Um, and for how much money? Because I'm fairly sure that two months ago we'd be talking about about a tenth the price of, of what he'll go for. Um, yeah, well, it's 20, um, 22 million. I mean, I, he's the sort of player that he does scream like World Cup hype and stuff. But having watched, you know, it, everybody watched him in the World Cup a few times because Morocco played seven matches, and um, he was outstanding. He, he he looks perfect for the Premier League. So yeah, I think it'd be good for Leeds actually, wouldn't he? That's the the, the style that they play. Um, quite high intensity. Yes, yeah. He, he's. He, I was going to say he's got that intensity. He's. Um, he's fairly quick. He seems like he's got three or four lungs. He just doesn't stop in the whole game. He can. He can set the tempo in your in your midfield. Cover most blades of grass. Was pretty economical on the ball. I thought in in the World Cup made good decisions. Um, so so hopefully, and he's at a good age as well. Hopefully, he's one who who will stay stay the course and become a really top player. Definitely, and and as he said, the the winger swap could be interesting with Trossard in the mix there as well. And obviously, Arsenal, you know, uh, coming back to what we started uh, talking about at the start, Arsenal are, are, are in the in the hunt for a, for a winger or some some sort of forward reinforcement. I mean, maybe Saar, maybe Zahar, maybe Trossard or somebody like that could come onto the onto the radar. Wouldn't surprise me. They they'll still try and try and go for somebody. They, I mean, the only two shows in town for them were João Felix and, and Madrid, and they lost both of them to Chelsea. Obviously, João Felix was, you know, I think, less of a bitter 
pill to swell over player became available but ultimately they walked away at the size of a loan fee Mudrick they've been trying on for months and months and months and Chelsea in the last six weeks really kind of stepped that up and as we know it did a deal for a very expensive but very bright young talent so Arsenal are looking for cover on the wings, they, they'll be having a lot of players offered to, offer to them um, at the moment, I'm sure. I think Trussard will undoubtedly be among them. But I I would keep your eye on 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 whether they're tempted to go back in for, um, for Zaha, who they have had a historical interest in. And I think Zaha's had a historical interest in, in them as well. Um, yeah, he's an Arsenal fan. Yeah, exactly. So it, it would just be a case of balancing up what is a short-term signing versus what is a signing that would help them in the long term as well and arsenal do not want to panic in this market as i said earlier they 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 do need need probably to strengthen but they also don't want to bring in the wrong player the wrong character um, yeah. um, um, um the the wrong option who would at the end of the day be a, a stand-in for saka or martinelli who are both having outstanding seasons but i wouldn't rule out a go for zaha definitely not no it's going to be a very interesting couple of weeks Listen, Nick, thank you so much for stepping in. And uh, it's been, uh, yeah, been great to chat with you about Arsenal. We'll have to have you back on again soon. Anytime. It's a pleasure.